Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! We've been doing so much East Coast, we're going to do West Coast. We already started the debate. That's why we're laughing as we come on the air. The history of hip-hop continues here on Nuanas Now. Happy Friday, everybody. We're also going to talk uh, for the probably vast majority of the next two hours about sports. That's why you're here. Uh, but we will be giving you uh, some more hip-hop lessons as well. Every time Rajim Seabrook uh, is in studio, we got to mind the man for his knowledge. And uh, we're coming up on it. 50th anniversary of hip-hop in America uh, next month, the official actual sort of advent of it. So um, pretty cool. And this guy just knows so much about it. And it also just gives us an excuse to listen to a whole bunch of great music. So we've been just going all around the country. We did a whole bunch of Midwest stuff last week. But I had a couple West Coast acts that are, I guess, artists that I wanted to talk about. And uh, Rajim does as well. So we'll do that today. But we also are going to, of course, talk some NBA. We're also going to, of course, talk about some of the best in Missoula as part of our Garden City Spotlight. We're also going to talk about... Some of the prestigious athletes from the state of Montana at the high school level that are going uh, to big-time schools, there's a lot this year. It's impressive. And I think it says a lot about the, the sort of state of athletics uh, in the state of Montana. I think a lot of times in Montana, for example, so many guys would chase the football dream and maybe eliminate themselves from other opportunities, but there's so many athletes from so many different sports now in Montana that are going to big-time um Colleges, which is pretty cool. We're also going to play some smarter dumb because we didn't get yes. nearly enough of that last week. Uh, we only I I kicked the can all the way to like the last ten minutes, so only only played it for like a couple uh, questions. So we'll we'll play some smarter dumb. It's pretty easy. We had this magazine, Sports Illustrated, bold proclamations about the NFL season. So we just basically played: is that bold proclamation smart or dumb? Now we're just going to make our own proclamations. And decide that. We'll also do some NFL buy-sell. So, you know, it's July 7th. We're going to talk about whatever the heck we want. Happy Friday, my brother. How are you doing? Buddy, it's gorgeous out. There's only, a, you know, a smidgen of smoke in the air. Have you noticed that already? I don't even want... I mean, I, I just I just can't even acknowledge it. We can't, can't even speak it into existence. Until we can smell it, taste it, I'm okay <laughs> with it, folks. Um, no, life is good. It's Friday. It's my favorite day that ends in Y outside of birthday, payday, and holiday. Um, yeah, life is life is good. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. We love uh, when you're hanging out, especially Thank you. during these summer months. It's, uh, it's always fun to just... Come in here and, and just let it rip. Just freestyle about all sorts of fun stuff. I got a bunch of stuff uh, to talk to you about. First, Let's go. first of all, have you? You're. I don't know. 
you you don't watch that much TV, so I don't know what to ask no, you. I don't. You, you're, you're reading or you're hanging out with people, talking totally. to people, totally engaging uh, for sure. Yeah, um, I just there's this huge American Gladiators phenomenon going on right now. There's two different documentaries I, out I about saw, that. I, uh, have you have you got in on this at all? So my brother, you know, I'm a, I was born in 19 something, <laughs> and, which means I was a kid of the 80s and the 90s, and American Gladiators was like a really big thing. And it was for sure. It, it was, was a huge. I mean, there's one of the statistics they dropped. So there's two documentaries. Here's the set the scene for you. There's two American Gladiators documentaries out right now. One is an ESPN 30 for 30. One is a Netflix property. Yeah. I'm watching the 30 for 30 came out first, and it's almost exclusively about the two guys that basically started American Gladiators and how it rose and then fell and then these guys falling out with each other. None of the gladiators are in it, like as documentary subjects. None of them granted interviews, and I'm like, that's so weird. Why <laughs> is that? Buddy, watch watch two episodes of American Gladiators, <laughs> and you the the amount of I don't want to say the amount of stimulants those people no, are for on sure, for sure are ridiculous. I mean, performance that was dancing. a makeup on those noses. No, no, no for sure, uh, a, a variety of different things <laughs> yes. that are going on. But then the the Netflix documentary docu series, actually five episodes has all the American Gladiators yeah. in it, and the owners aren't. So then I was like, oh, I see what happened yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Two people wanted to pitch the same story, and they're different stories. Two different perspectives. And so they pitched it to two different companies, and then we basically had an arms race for who uh, produces the American Gladiators documentaries. It's just, I, I'm talking about this because it's just funny to me. First of all, I know a lot of you out there are watching it, but that's like eight or nine hours worth of American Gladiator content. And guess what? I watched it all. <laughs> was it good? It's, well, it's, it's on it's my so list good. to watch. It's so good because it, it has so much to do with so many different things. You'll feel nostalgic watching it, certainly. Of course. Just from the flashbacks of to course. the show. But it's also such a microcosm of a place and time. Like, only in this exact, that exact moment could, like, battle TV, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, professional wrestling, but it's not staged. Right. And and you have civilian people competing against these monstrous humans that are all on steroids and completely out of their minds. It's such a spectacle. And it could only, it, you couldn't recreate it now. No. They, they tried to recreate and it. It was a flop. It was a it was total an absolute flop because people were like, well, this is just corny and dumb. And it doesn't, it, it, it didn't it's resonate. So funny. <laughs> it's just so funny to me to analyze how in the late 1980s, early 1990s, we still believed fully in superheroes. Oh, we, it, you know, like Rocky's a superhero. Hulk Rambo. Hogan, superhero. Predator. Rambo. Commander. Right. Exactly. Commando. Conan the Barbarian. Like we, Heck yeah. We believed in these superheroes. Absolutely. In the personification of these giant guys. Well, I would. I always said that American Gladiators was the perfect love child of Family Feud, Double Dare, and WWE. If those three factions came together and had a love child, it's American Gladiators. For sure. Right? The thing about it was it was one of the last great, like, almost propaganda-esque like because uh, it was it was about fitness but it wasn't sure. about healthy fitness because right, they had right, like right. PSAs and sure. all this other stuff and they were right, all right. they were all jacked up and wired right, and to that, like wired more than John what? Belushi was on the sets of SNL and there is so much promotion of patriotism and this oh good this, lord this all American oh, attitude and propaganda. USA in the, oh. in the stands it's just amazing it, I, I guess partly watching it I, I thought to myself while wow, we've grown so much with our uh, with not being deceived by a lot of this propaganda, <laughs> but on the other hand, it is there is a rather element of sadness to it too because we just don't believe in this these imaginary things nearly as much as we used to. There was like an innocence to it, you know. What there I mean? was an innocence to it, and like, like nobody was looking at the gladiators at that time and being like, "Oh, those guys are all on just crazy amounts of steroids." We just thought that that's how people these guys were. They're superheroes, right? Well, because some of our other beloved people were just as jacked. No, like for sure. you know, going for back sure. to the Sylvester Stallones, the Jean Claude right, Van Dams, right. like that was just an era. For sure. You know, Hulk Hogan was in your living room and on your lunchbox. So it right. was just like Well, they, that's the other parallel, right? I mean, Hulk yes. Hogan was the All-American Man. That's literally the song totally. he walked out to. All-American Man. <laughs> totally. You know, 24 inch you know, brother. Eat your vitamins and say, say your, your prayers. prayers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just too good. Absolutely. Uh, but American Gladiators, it, I will say this. Cultural phenomenon. Buckle up if you're going to watch either one of the documentaries. They are, there's a there's a full hit of nostalgia, which is people are very Gotta interested in these Gotta days. Gotta love it. Um, 
they're also very depressing. I mean, there's a lot of unsavory things going on. These people were, I mean, they were they're abusing their bodies via the the totally. performance dancing drugs. But those games were also brutal. I mean, you're basically getting hit at full speed by these contenders, you're swinging on ropes at you on, you know, there's a lot of head injury stuff Dude. going on. Let's just say that a lot of the gladiators are not in like a very stable place no, now here no, 25, 30 years later. So uh, anyways, one last note. We talked a lot about the first documentary, Andrew and I did when it came out, and we got several texts from people saying, don't you know that Jim Califat of Great Falls, Montana, was the longest uh, tenured gladiator laser and of no course, way. Of course, oh, I, of course, knew that. Well, I Jim, did not. Jim Caliphat was a great player at Montana State in Absolutely. the early 1980s, a linebacker. And then he moved to Hollywood, and he was an actor, sort of like a B-list actor. It went by Jim Starr. And then he tried out for American Gladiators, and he was laser from day one to the end of the series. He was the only guy that made it from the beginning to the end. So, yes, we, of course, knew that. The reason we didn't talk about it the first time we talked about this documentary He's not in the first one. He's a huge part of the character in the second, or excuse me, a huge character within the story uh, of the second one, of the um, Netflix one. So there you go. If you want a little uh, Montana nostalgia, American Gladiator style, check out the Netflix version. If you want the more in-depth behind the scenes, do the ESPN Plus. If you're a junkie like me, uh, just watch all three. It's new on now, ESPN Crazy. Radio. Uh, if you want to stream the show, you always can, 1029ESPN.com or on the ESPN MT app. Go check out that ESPN MT app. Andrew's been doing a lot of work on it. Uh, Tommy's been working on it as well. And uh, we're going to really start experimenting here coming up in a, a week or two. We're going to do a little uh, reshuffle of the studio. We got a couple new iPads we're going to experiment with. But go check out the ESPN MT app and let us know. Uh, tell us what you think. How's it looking? Well, all that good stuff. And if you want to be a part of the show like that or otherwise, you can always call us or text us, 406 888 1029. That's triple eight one zero two nine. I unfortunately was not able to get my Florence coffee today for Rajim and I. We are getting caffeinated. We can't tell you what we're drinking only just because they don't sponsor us yet. We're working on it. But uh, it is a Friday, so that means it's a Florence Coffee Company Friday. Uh, I was on a Zoom call. That's why I was unable to stop at the, the coffee kiosk. Coming up next week, our Where Are They Now series with Chris Redpath, our uh, Big Sky Conference Women's Basketball Insider. Uh, features Oleana Squires. She was a great player at Montana State on their 2019 Big Sky Championship team. Then she didn't play basketball for two full years and then re-emerged with a professional opportunity in London alongside, guess who? One of her old college rivals, Mackenzie Johnston, <laughs> a great lady Grizz point guard. So these two young Big ladies Mac. go from the Big Sky uh, to, to London, and now they're the best of friends. So that's a, a big part of this story, but we'll play that uh, for you, parts of that Zoom call with Oleana Squires uh, on Tuesday. I got a good where are they now from the Grizz annals. Yeah, let me know. And I, and I just ran into him, and I absolutely adored him as a player, and I adore what he's doing in the community. I don't want to give too much because it could take away from a great interview. No, for sure. J.R. Waller. Oh, J.R. Waller, for sure. Uh, I see J.R. out of the golf course uh, oh, yeah. pretty often. He plays in a lot of the tournaments mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I I don't know if J.R. has made the connection from, I don't know if he even knows who I am now, but he cert- I knew him when I was a kid because he was- He knows really- you because we, we, oh, when, oh, cool. when I ran into him at Albers, he's like, I listen to you and Colter oh, on the radio. Nice, right, great. Yeah, uh, yeah he was, uh, he's the same class as Colt Palmer. I was great friends with the, there you go. the Palmer twins. Colt was their cousin. So I remember JR used to come over when I was like in middle school and early high school. So I got to know him back then. So uh, that's a good one. Maybe we'll have him in studio. There it is, man. He's uh, available. And he's about to get a really interesting promotion. I, I don't even want to tell you because yeah, we'll of what it. he's doing. I just think we'll he's doing Great things in the community and for this world. J.R. Waller, number 20. Great, where are they now? And big man, I hope you're listening to me. It was nice running into you. You still look good with that big, beautiful ball head. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, stay tuned. That, that uh, That's a great idea. We did these, uh, anor- like these sort of anniversary podcast series on the 1995 Grizz when mm. it was their 25th anniversary and then the 2001 Grizz when it was the 20th anniversary. But there's so many other Grizz uh, and Bobcats and, and other Big Sky Conference figures that... Um, have gone on to do great things, and I think it's worthy catching up with all of them. So this Where Are They Now series we have with Chris Redpath is featuring basketball, both men's and women's basketball players that played in the Big Sky, mostly Montana, Montana State. Um, but I want to do a that's a good one. I think just Where Are They Now is for just you know people that are just still around the community and still around the state mm-hmm. uh, making big impacts. I, th- I think it's fun. It's, I think it really it shows how much 
having a competitive athletic background can can help you mm-hmm. in, in your life, right? True. Because I think so many of these people, they learn these great lessons as <clears throat> athletes and student athletes, and then they take it into their adult lives. And I think that's why so often they're leaders in their communities. Well, I think that, and I also think that, you know, the, the, the great state of Montana, Missoula in particular, sort of molds that because a lot of these people that we're speaking about and could speak to um, aren't originally from Montana. And, and sure. you know, J.R. Wall is a, is a great, uh, I think he's a from, if I remember, memory serves me well, he's a Portland guy. And, uh, you know, you come here and you're in a competitive nature, athletically and academically, and that's what molds you uh, in, in, into a sharp individual. And I think that uh, Missoula has done a really good job at, of naturing and nurturing many good people um, 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 that we're speaking about. But guys like JR and Krista in particular, you know, just good people, good leaders, good community members now. Good citizens, mm-hmm. if you will. Gotta love it. Uh, last uh off topic before we talk some NBA, Rajiv, we're kicking it with us here uh, on Nuanas mm-hmm. now on uh, ESPN Radio. We're drinking these riots. These are uh, these are even stronger than lotuses. So, oh my god, <laughs> it's all green tea extract. I don't know. I'm a freak. Um, the Legend of Bagger Vance by Stephen Presserfield. Have you ever re- read this book? No, you told me about it last week. Yeah, I've yeah. seen the movie yeah, yeah. several times. It's been ordered, and I get it. it oh, comes I did in ask on, you about it last week? Okay, yeah, I hate it when I do this. In, I it, ask everybody about things, and then I forget who I've asked. Well, that's because you drink it too much of this stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, I have it ordered, and I will receive it on Tuesday. Not, oh, great. Yeah. Cool. Can't wait to hear what you think. Yep, yeah, it's, yep. uh, it's great symbolism. It's really good writing. Uh, it's cool. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a good movie. For sure. If you're a golfer... Check it out. Legend of Bagger Vance. It was like before Will Smith went off the deep end. Good Will That was like good Will for Smith. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Let's talk some NBA contenders. We talked about the Do Nuggets it. a couple weeks ago. First of all, I haven't got your perspective on this yet. What's up? Victor Webanyama. Can we see him play? For sure. Please? So that's the element that I'm so curious Please? about, though, is the dude's 19 years old. He has as much hype as anybody since who? LeBron? I mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he has oh, yeah. as much hype as... Yeah. as I mean, he's a top 10 hype guy in NBA history in terms of Period. being a, a number one pick, right? He might be top 10 hype guy of all like of all time, Sam, regardless of I sport. I mean, for sure. And, and Absolutely. It, it's because he's a one of one as of right now. There's just nobody like him ever that is that. No. I mean, seven foot five and they can shoot the ball. And um, dribble. For sure. Yeah. Is that his biggest challenge, though, is overcoming this obstacle of hype? Uh, yes, I think it is. I, I, I think that he is not. I mean, he had, what, the two games in a summer league series against G League dudes? Right. Yo, man, that that's not Giannis that you're going up against. You know what I'm saying? That's not Joel Embiid that you're banging bodies with. And for sure, when I look at his body and his frame, um, I'm not sure how much of an impact he makes as early as people are wanting him to. Right. Especially at seven two, um, or seven five, seven, or seven five. or right. seven thirteen. Right. Who knows? For sure, he's he's a small helicopter, folks. Um, it remains to be seen. I need I need to see more of him against guys he'll be playing against, hopefully for the next 10 years. What I've seen against the competition of levels that he's playing at, the next like it's 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 like watching LeBron play against, you know, Darby Middle School. Give me a break. <laughs> like it's just and no disrespect to Darby Middle School. No, I love the, sure. I love no, the Tigers, sure. but the, the French league that Webanyama was playing is a, is a good league, but I mean Come, the number one overall pick in the NBA draft should definitely dominate that league. Uh, yeah. I mean, for, to put this in perspective, Luka Doncic was the, the EuroLeague MVP when he was 19 years old, and Victor Webanyama was not. That's an interesting parallel for sure. That's a good um, one. But but Webanyama, I mean, if he comes to fruition, could be a, a one-of-a-kind type of player. I just wonder if... I mean, we're basically saying that this kid's got to be like a 10-time All-Star or he's going to be a bust it's uh, it's just really hard for these young guys that are so big and uh, have so much hype around them. I mean, I didn't tell you this when I was in Chicago, walking down the street, Kwame Brown. Oh it's, snap! He's just standing right there. He's just by himself, and I looked at my girlfriend. And I was like, "That's Kwame Brown." And he's like, "What's up?" I was like, "What's up, Kwame Brown?" <laughs> but you got a picture, son. No, for sure. But that's an example, right? I mean, Kwame Brown was the number one overall pick out of high school. Yes, sir. He played in the NBA for uh, 15 years, I think 13 seasons. Okay. Um, was never spectacular. In, in fact, was only at best solid. Solid, yeah. Not uh, solid. But, he wasn't but even he's good. widely considered one of the great flops in the history of the NBA. And that makes it, no sense to me. It just shows you how much hype impacts the way people think about you, though, you know? Well, I also think at a league minimum of, say, a million a year for 13, he's, he got 13 million well, reasons to not be a bust. But that, that's like the, that, well, exactly. That's like he said in that uh, 
I, I can't remember what social media platform it was on, but Kwame Bowen basically responded to some of the NBA pundits that had, you know, they were doing like summer talk radio like we are right now, talking biggest busts in NBA history. And somebody was like, oh, it's definitely Kwame Brown. He responded. He was like, you know, I came out of high school and played with Michael Jordan. I played with Kobe Bryant. Like yep. I got to play alongside some of the greats in the game. I played in the playoffs with these guys. Did he win a ring? Ah, uh, man, I don't think he did. I think he just missed. He just missed it. The, okay. uh, the ring with the uh, with the Lakers. Okay. Uh, he played his first four seasons in Washington, yep. then four more seasons with the Lakers, yep. then Memphis for one, Detroit for two, and then some very unmemorable seasons with Charlotte, Golden State, and Philadelphia. He only played 30 games his last Total. two seasons combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Injuries. But, but that was his response video. He said, yeah, you know, you guys can say I'm a failure, but I like – Played with some of the greatest players of all time. Played in the NBA for more than a decade after coming out of high school. And played with some of the greats. I made tens of millions of dollars. I bought my grandma a house and my mom a house. You guys can say whatever you want. I'm not a bust. I completely advanced my entire family forward by maximizing my opportunities. I mean, it, it is good perspective when you when you put it like that. Uh yeah, man. Like, who cares what other people say? Did you make it to the league? You get drafted anywhere out of sight in, right. in high school? If the answer is no, you can have 40 ounces to shut the bleep up. Yeah. Thank you. Next. That's that's what's so amazing about the NBA, too, though, is that there's only a couple guys that could be considered more of a quote-unquote bust than Kwame Brown as number one overall pick. But that's how good the scouting is, right? Yep. The number one overall pick, at the the very worst, is going to be... Joe Smith or Michael Oluwakandi or, I mean, an Oluwakandi. Right. I mean, there's just... Even the biggest quote unquote Michael play, play for a really long time. Oh, <laughs> Candy is the, the biggest. Candy man, the Candy that's pretty the biggest, bad. He's the biggest flop. In he NBA was pretty history. bad. He I was, mean, Kwame Brown has played a lot longer and ha- had like. I'm not going to say I'm not going to overrate Kwame Brown right now, but Kwame Brown certainly had a role on playoff teams a couple totally. of times. Yeah, uh, a couple of good years, solid for, years. For sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of guys that have interesting <laughs> perspectives, this is now on ESPN Radio. Rajim always has an interesting perspective uh, every time he joins us. Um, we're just going to bounce around the NBA here, just rapid fire for, the, for a couple minutes. But James Harden is a guy that's uh, always been criticized for his um, everything, lack of passion, everything. You know, and and but Harden's perspective to me is so interesting because he always says, "All right, you guys over here are just killing yourselves, and only one team wins a ring." And I'm sitting over here, and I just go to the conference semifinals, maybe the conference finals every year, without ever working out, without ever doing anything, and. I'm just trying to get paid. <laughs> but he's going to be a pawn again because he opted in with the 76ers, but now he's got an opportunity to opt out or get traded. I don't know. What do you think of Philadelphia? It, I guess the question is, Philadelphia is a place that has the assets to potentially go get Damian Lillard. Do you like that if they get went and got him and then got rid of Harden? Or what do you, what do you think of just Philly in its iteration right now? New head coach with Doc Rivers getting fired. The Sixers have been knocking on the door for a while, but they, they they I was embarrassing the way that they blew it against the Celtics. When you knock on the door that much and you were trying to sell vacuum cleaners and encyclopedias, you better learn how to <laughs> stick your foot in the door jam, right? And and at this point, like whether it's Doc Rivers or Joel's lack of ability for availability, James Harden's finding you know Robins in his beard. Who knows? I don't. But what I do know is that Philly needs to dismantle to rebuild. They've they you, you, build, you build around. You have to build around and beat, and beat them, right? You, you have to because at this point, to me, James Harden is a, is is just he he's a he's an NBA merc. Like hire me, I, hire me. Like I'll, to me, I'll, I, I I had such an interesting perspective on this before I listened to a Bill Simmons podcast. And Bill Simmons, so often his podcast guests change my mind about stuff. But he had the guy I can't remember this man's name, but that covers the um, Philadelphia Eagles for the Ringer. But the guy's obviously in Philadelphia and in Philadelphia media, and he had such a strong and critical perspective on the Philadelphia 76ers organization and why all this stuff has happened. Just their culture of enabling. They're inept. I mean, why does why does Harden get to show up to camp out of shape all the time? Like Embiid tried to kind of get in shape the last two years, and he was first team all league and won the MVP, but he still was barely jogging up and down the court. How does if I'm the 76ers, you got to stop with this. You got to tell Joel Embiid, yo, 
If you show up in shape and you can play for the duration of a playoff run, we could win the title. But you have to make him do that. Well, the last person to wear a uniform like that, who lost weight and got into shape, winded up becoming an NBA Hall of Famer. His name was Charles Barkley. That's right. Okay, so like, take a page out of that, out of that like NBA legend, All Star, like forever enshrined. Lose the weight, get stronger, get better. Like there's just there's just no other there's just no other answer for it, Coulter. I also you know go back to what you were just saying. At seven, whatever five steps, and you're already down the court. No, for sure. Like there's there's no reason well, for 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 you not if, to be if Embiid there. Could, if, if Embiid could have even good conditioning, let alone elite conditioning, he would be. He's already the MVP. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like. Yeah. He would be He's an out of shape Giannis. He would truly be an unstoppable force. He's an out of shape well, Giannis. That's the thing is in the playoffs, you're watching Embiid labor to get up and down the court, and you're watching Giannis just go all the way, 110 miles per hour, pedal to the metal, in exquisite shape, doesn't come out of the game, period. It's uh it's fascinating. So I, I do I think the 76ers just need to, to are in trouble. To they they well, they could be. I do think they have assets, and I think that that helps. You can certainly trade Harden to somebody for something, especially because yes. James James Harden most most definitely wants to go back to Houston, who mm-hmm. has some of the best young players in the league. The Rockets, because they've sucked the last couple of years, so they've had high draft picks. A lot of picks. draft picks. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I think that they have assets, so they could. They, and they have a centerpiece. They have Joel Embiid. You can just add some pieces mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. around him. What do you think of the Damian Lillard drama? What's the best fit for Lillard? Uh, the, the three, New York Knicks. That, yeah, see, but the thing is with Lillard's contract, Lillard's one of the five highest paid players in the league. Yeah, I know. I he know. signed the Supermax deal to stay in Portland. I think he was the first or second one to do that. So, um, I mean, at the time he signed his contract, it was the richest contract in NBA history. So it's a tough contract to trade. You have to have some assets for it. And Portland is a, a good franchise. They're a well-run franchise, so they're going to want something back. Probably the top. I mean, the Knicks would be actually pretty sweet. The Knicks would be great. Miami yeah, would be great. I don't think you want to displace Jalen Brunson. Though. I think Jalen Brunson is he's such a great fit for the Knicks, like their team, and also just like the culture of New York. Yes and no, but so would Dame. Dame would also fit true. right into. No, like, it's true. When I think about like Dame's exploits outside of the NBA, fashion, uh, music, music production, like he's right in the mecca of 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 of, of a world that he is so immersed in outside of playing basketball. The thing that uh, I would say about Jalen Brunson is he does fit the mold. He's gritty. I, you know, he's like the, the the third extension of a Wu-Tang member of, on, sure. on, on the Knicks. For but sure. the thing with the with the Knicks is their one, two, and threes would be three, four, and five on any other team. Um, and and you Man. and you need you need that one to come in there to then elevate those guys back to being two, threes, and fours. No, it's true. But you I like think, that? I think the teams. I mean, it would be a cool fit. I just don't know if they want to if they'll get rid of what. Portland would want. I also don't know if it works for the cap. The, what what the pundits have said is the three biggest contenders for Lillard are Miami. That's where he Miami, wants to go. It would make the most sense. Philadelphia, because they can unload the Harden contract. Absolutely. How funny would it be a James Harden in Portland? He actually might be like a cult hero. <laughs> if there's anybody in the world that can get behind guys that are a little strange, a little anomalous like James Harden, it's people in it's Portland. It's going to be Portland. Man. I'm gonna, yeah, I'll give you that, that one. Beard and I mean James Harden really enjoys himself some nightclubs, some gentlemen's clubs. He really enjoys those in Portland. You, you see some of those Fourth of July pictures, him and Tom Brady and a bunch of oh boy. For sure. uh, but I mean, Miami, Philadelphia, or Brooklyn is another one because they have assets as well. The thing um, about Brooklyn is I think New York would eat him up a little bit. I think he's a little too soft for the New York media. For sure. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's going to end up in Miami. And if he ends up in Miami, I think that's a great fit. Automatic contender. I, I mean, they they were in the finals this last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Uh, they're certainly, I, I think next year, are, are one of the top three teams in the East again, alongside the Bucks and the Celtics. And, uh, but I mean, Lillard would cert- certainly elevate that. Even you could say that they're you know right right in the mix there with the Bucks. Well, I agree. I'm glad you just mentioned Miami again because you just gave me my smart and dumb. <laughs> going back to a conversation we had a couple of months ago. Can't wait. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, uh, and the ESPN MT app. Yeah, say thanks to our friends at Canyon River. Uh, had the pleasure of playing in a tournament out there last weekend and. Uh, me and the boys, couple couple great friends of this show. We we took home the took home the first place, so that was always it's always fun. It's always fun to win, but you're not here for that. 
the point is the Cana River's done such a great job all summer long of hosting. They've been busy all summer long with various groups, but also uh, hosting these cool tournaments. The one we were playing in two weekends ago was for uh, the American Cancer Society, so it was fun to give back uh, to a good cause. And uh, the greens are rolling like they really never have before. I've been out there at Canyon for five years now, and uh, the greens are in as good a shape as they've ever been. The course is immaculate. It, it's a, it's, it's a great glowing. Place. It is a glowing. It's a glowing place. So uh, we appreciate Canyon River for their <laughs> continued support of us here uh, on Nuanas Now uh, ESPN Radio. How about some of the best of the best from the city of Missoula? We always kick this off every Friday. Our Garden City Spotlight is next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. It's amazing to say that a piece of art produced by somebody or a group of people truly frightened a huge amount of the population. Good. And then at that comes Good. full circle to that then resonating as this moment of cultural positivity. Welcome back to what is now ESPN Radio. Uh, I don't know if people remember this. Now stuff is just so... Blah. I, we're numb to a lot of different things. We are. And, and, and personal choice is such a big part of life for better and for worse. Mm-hmm. In other words, we used to try to censor music so that it wouldn't fall in the hands of, of young people or people that didn't need to hear, quote unquote, obscene language. <laughs> now, it's just all a matter of just avoid it. If you if you don't like it, avoid it. If you do like it, let's roll. Yep. Everybody gets to choose. Mm-hmm. But there was a moment in time where literally Congress was discussing music, particularly hip-hop music, with bad language in it and then trying to ban said uh, music for... Uh, obscene content. This went all the way to the Supreme Court. There was the case with two live tr- crew, and uh, eventually they settled upon the compromise of the parental advisory sticker on records. But to me, though, that's a moment that moved the needle, and who we just came back to here on Nuanas now, NWA, was an enormous part of that. Yeah, to me, it was just the further censoring of of people gaining momentum with their words, right? Um, um, you, you, you had rock and roll who awfully and heavy metal in particular which totally sexually objectified and annihilated women for decades there was never any warnings on album covers right sure never any trigger warnings for videos yep but when you had strong proud i and, and i know we're going to get lambasted for this black americans speaking about their plight giving their narrative shut it down right shut it down no for sure it, it was very mirror and reminisce of the of the early rock and roll album sales of the 1950s like black artists couldn't put their faces on covers because they didn't sell because they were black but when they weren't on the covers their albums sold so to me congress tried to shut down a, a movement of people who were like this is how we live and if you don't like how we live because you're part of the problem get over yourselves uh, uh, but but Free speech ended up winning this one. Absolutely. And, and but w- it was, NWA it, became one of the icons, icons. of music history. Thank and, the stars. Um, I think that even now, people that maybe don't uh, necessarily like or enjoy, like that whole album, Straight Outta Compton, which was so in your face. And so, I mean, truly. It doesn't matter because their grandkids are, are bopping sure, to Dr. Dre or sure. have $300 beats I, I, in I their think, ears. I think that everybody can at least appreciate it. They can appreciate it. Oh, the Hopefully. way that, that, that NWA and then subsequently Dr. Dre moved moved the needle in a lot of different ways. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because if it if that doesn't happen, then, you know, the world doesn't have a 50. The world doesn't have an Eminem. The world doesn't have some of the artists that, that we have now that are so Snoop lovely. Dog, Snoop yes, Tupac. So many. Yeah, um, Ice Cube. And I'm glad that, that people held their water about, you know... Saying what they wanted to say, it was a truth about a part of America that America wanted no light shined upon, and that's sad because America create America created that child. And then, then those artists though continued to push forward, and then all of a sudden it was this cultural phenomenon of people learning all about this. People had learned yes. a little bit about the inner city of the East Coast, uh, particularly where you're from, the the, the northeast, the, northeast, the, the yep. New England area. Uh, but I think that 
particularly Dr. Dre, helped shed so much light on life in South Central Los Angeles and yeah, so many of the realities <laughs> of of the hood in on the West Coast. And uh, I, I do I think it's uh, endlessly educational. We have a lot of more West Coast talk coming up. Yes, but sir. We got to highlight some of the best of the best from around the city of Missoula. It's a our lot garden, of them. Garden City Spotlight, presented by Missoula Electric Co-op. Missoula Electric Co-op focused on renewable energy. They have created three community solar programs for their members to take part in and benefit from. Uh, th- this is just a variety of great performances by Missoulians, including a whole bunch of kids that just graduated. I shouldn't say kids, young people that have graduated from uh, Missoula high schools that are going on to uh, great opportunities at a variety of different schools in a variety of different sports. First of all, though, how about Catherine Burkoff? We've talked about her so much on this show. Outstanding. And that's just because it's so easy. You don't have to know a gosh dang thing about swimming (laughs) for me to tell you that this young lady swam the fastest 50-meter backstroke time on the earth. That's easy to understand. It doesn't matter if you know anything about the nuances of swimming. Catherine Burkoff swam the best time in the world earlier, I guess, about a week ago today, I guess eight days ago. Uh, at the Phillips 66 Nationals and uh, took home the national championship in the process. She also had a uh, top American time and a top five time in the world in the 100-meter backstroke as well. Uh, This young lady, she is entering her final academic year at North Carolina State. So 2023-2024 will be her final year there at North Carolina State. Um, I haven't really studied how the Olympic timetables and Olympic trials will line up for this young lady, but... If the timing is right, she is certainly going to be at the very least an Olympic hopeful, and I think everybody in Montana hopes uh, an Olympian. I think that would be phenomenal. But uh, Catherine Burkoff, a Missoula Hellgate graduate, one of the greatest prep athletes of all time in Montana, there's no question about it, won 16 individual state championships. I think she set state records in almost every single one of those events. Uh, And now... Uh, just world class. I, I just think it's uh, it's endlessly cool for the city of Missoula to have somebody that's truly one of the best in the world at what they do. And not only that, what I really like about this person's uh, story, background, narrative, and projections going forward, it's in it's not basketball. It isn't football. It isn't soccer. So for the kids who are part of the sport that doesn't get a lot of television time or shine or radio uh, to speak about, like f- still go out and, and, and try to fulfill your dreams. For like sure. the opportunities exist. This was a great mold breaker. This is like a, a you know a growing local legend. And for all the swimmers out there, divers, whatever it is that you do in the water, like don't give up. There's always opportunities and keep 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 stroking for the future. A couple other Missoulians that are headed off to great opportunities. Phineas Colescott of Missoula Hellgate. He sort of got overshadowed this year in the distance races only because there was a couple of the best in the country as well. Uh, in the pair from Bozeman High, Weston Brown and Nathan Neal mm-hmm. went 1-2 in the in the 3,200 meters of the Nike Outdoor Nationals a couple weeks ago. So not only were they 1-2 in Montana, they were the 1-2 in the entire country in the two-mile. Uh, Cole Scott was right there in third. Uh, he also is one of the top milers in the state this year as well. And uh, he was a great cross-country runner at Hellgate as well. And he is... Headed to the Ivy League, going to Columbia. So I love it. Pretty cool. Uh, little uh, little lions roar going on. The boy mm-hmm, will look good mm-hmm, in baby blue and white. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Getting rid of that mustard uh, yellow and, and ketchup red for for the blue and white of the Ivy League. Congratulations, young one. Remind the folks where did you go? Well, yeah, just, look, man, don't 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 give them the low hanging fruit. Let people reach and try to pick it. A <laughs> uh, couple other uh, Missoulians going to elevated opportunities. Alex Coville, Missoula Hellgate. She is. She was our uh, vertical raise and ESPN MT Class AA Girls Basketball Player of the Year. Wonderful. And uh, she had unbelievable statistics this last year, and I mm-hmm. think her upside there at Wazoo is is tremendous because I think that she has some. Well, she got a couple things you can't teach. She's six six, so that that's uh, one thing you can't teach. But I also think she moves well, and I think that uh, as she continues to grow uh, into her frame, that she'll be she can be a real force there in the Pac twelve. I think. Well, I also think that once she gets around like nutritionists, dietitians, sure. like just straight up, like she has well, the just fr- gets older too. Just gets older and more yeah. mature. Her frame projected forward, she could put on another six, seven, eight pounds of muscles sure. and and be like legit dominant force For sure. in the Pac twelve. A uh, couple other Missoula Sentinel kids. They're headed to Montana State. We've talked about both of them extensively. They uh, have both joined us in studio, Adam Jones and uh, J.J. Dolan. Ooh, about- I don't know anything about those guys. <laughs> uh, both key cogs uh, for Missoula Sentinel these last several, Love them both. several years and a good gets for the Bobcat football team. Uh, 
Elliott had a great senior class this year, also including Connor Dick, who's headed to Montana to play basketball, as well as Hannah Moses, who's headed to Montana to run track. Moses, great distance runner there for the Knights. And then Alex Shields, he was state champion in the shot put mm-hmm. uh, for Missoula Hellgate, and he's also staying home here in Missoula uh, to run for the Grizz track team. One other Sentinel guy who's coming to the Grizz side of things, Tate Templeton. We haven't talked about him as much as those Tater guys. Tater Tot, baby. Uh, he's, That's a, a, he's a lineman. Sometimes you love don't get that boy. the uh, the uh, the glory that the the guys that score touchdowns like Adam Jones gets. But um, I, I think Templeton's an interesting prospect. I think that uh, he's got a long ways to go, but I also think he has a lot of room to grow, and I think he could could be a good one. Uh, as a couple years down the road as a project for Montana. Yeah, what I love about Tater, Tater has, and, you know, for the for the football lovers of the world, you'll know what I say. He's got that motor, and I think that he 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 was lit um, in his senior and junior year. Uh, I think that Dane, um, Oliver, Pete Joseph, uh, Chris Casina, and, 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 and the rest of the coaching crew over there um, ha- really has something special with Tate, and I think that him being a walk-on, he's going in with a chip on his shoulder. He's got everything to prove nothing to lose and I think that uh, like you said his his body growth and potential hasn't been maximized and the kid is 6'3 250 you know he can grow another 3 to 4 inches and another you know 10 to 15 pounds and I and I wish them all the all the best and uh, they got a good one not only a good football player but an amazing young man uh, Rajim by the way uh, for those that haven't been following along he coaches over there at Missoula Sentinel so knows a lot about these um, well a lot about the high school athletes all around the community honestly because they're around each other uh, so much. So that's your list of of Missoulians that are staying home in Missoula. Connor Dick, Missoula Hellgate for the Grizz basketball team. Hannah Moses, Alex Shields from Hellgate for the Grizz track team. And then Tate Templeton, Missoula Sentinel, uh, the Grizz football team. Snoan is now our Garden City Spotlight, presented by Missoula Electric Co-op. Missoula Electric Co-op, a high priority on renewable energy in and around uh, the Garden City. A uh, couple young ladies from here in Missoula going to play uh, soccer at the collegiate level, Cassie Kurgan uh, of Missoula Sentinel. She's going to Seattle U. And Noel Migliaccio of Big Sky. She's going to Eastern Washington. Andrew, you're our soccer expert. Andrew Houghton, the uh, the creator of and the host of Soccer in Snow and Smoke, a podcast series here at ESPN MT. Uh, what do we think of these opportunities for these uh, Missoula gals going to various Washington colleges? Well, I, I think it's great. Uh, Eastern Washington, of course, People from around here will know them as being in the uh, the Big Sky Conference. They've been they've struggled a little bit in recent years, but certainly there'll be opportunities to play there. Cassie Kurgan's a really interesting one. Um, really g- good goalkeeper, uh, really athletic. Of course, it, it runs in her family. Um, and Seattle uses a, a pretty decent soccer program. I mean, they play a pretty pretty high level brand of soccer there. Um, so that's an interesting one to see. Uh, you know, what she can make of her career there. Good opportunity, too, because Seattle is a great school as well. Um, last couple for you here on the Garden City Spotlight. Izzy Moreno, a young man that joined us after the state wrestling tournament. He was a multiple-time state placer, multiple-time state champion at Missoula Big Sky. And uh, when he joined us, he had not yet made his college decision. He said he wanted to finish up his wrestling season before then he went on some visits. Uh, but he got a good amount of offers and ended up choosing Northern Iowa, which is a top 20 program mm-hmm. uh, in the country. So uh, really cool for Izzy Moreno to, to go to a really, really high level of uh, collegiate wrestling. And then one other one, I know it's not quite in Missoula, but it's right outside Missoula. I hadn't heard this yet. I don't know if anybody's uh, really talked about this yet. Addie Lewis of Frenchtown is going to Washington State uh, to swim. We'll talk about a couple of the other kids from Montana that are going to big time places and also play some smart or dumb right after this. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. And I had not listened to that song in in seriously, probably, probably 15 years. Good one. Dude, my 11-year-old can shred that. I bet. He can shred it. It's like one of his, that's one of his jams. Reggie Seabrook riding with us here on this Friday. What up? Hopefully you're having a phenomenal uh, week so far, the height of summer. So hopefully you're getting outside and enjoying it. It's the time where time feels like it's flying by the fastest, even though the days are the longest. It's wild. But hopefully everybody's uh, having themselves uh, a great summer. Let's play a little smart or dumb. First of all, we talked about Victor Webb and Yama earlier in the amazing hype behind the number one overall pick in the NBA. 
But he does make his summer league debut tonight, 7 p.m. San Antonio Spurs versus the uh, the Charlotte Hornets. So mm. um, smart or dumb, the the Spurs play in Webinyama in the summer league. Smart. I agree. Let them know how to bang bodies, man. For sure. You were about to play a different game, uh, not only physically, but immensely, emotionally, crowd size. The culture within over here with basketball is very different than it is in France. And you need to start getting acclimated to that so it's not a distraction when the games actually matter. And in the Summer League, most of the players are fringe NBA players at best, if not likely not going to be on NBA rosters. And so then you hope, at least, that the number one overall pick can... At, at the very least, stand out, but mostly dominate. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see how uh, Victor Webadiaba does tonight. Uh, how about these these guys in the NFL? Four different players suspended dumb. last week for, dumb. for gambling. Dumb. It's undeniably dumb. Undeniably stupid. It's past dumb. It's just stupid. It's yeah. stupid dumb. I, I uh, man... The, Speed cultures. There, I can I feel lo- it, brother. I, I love sports gambling. I, I love betting on sports. It's, I know. It's so fun. You do. It's also, I, I can also look at it objectively, and the existence of legalized sports betting around the country is going to have undoubted nefarious effects on sport, the sporting world at large. And I think that's just completely undeniable. And I think that the fact that we have normalize sports betting so quickly, it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's pretty dicey. And we're already seeing it with NFL players betting on the NFL. I just think that when you have that much money and you know the rules, the impact of the rules and ramifications of doing that, go bet on the NBA. Go bet on boxing. Well, so some of these guys have been under heat because they've been betting on other sports but within NFL locker rooms. Yes, which is the dumbest thing ever. Like, learn how to keep your house clean. Right. Are we, are we pointing at Andrew because he yes, has Yes, we are. Okay. That handsome that's boy the, from That's the Philly point area. I wanted you to make is that some of these guys weren't betting on the NFL at all. But right. it's... Uh, it is dumb that you can't just wait until you're at your house before you bet on an NBA game. Right. But also, like, getting suspended for six games for betting on the NBA just while you're in a team facility. Right. Sort of a measure of how seriously the NFL is taking this, right? No, for sure. I mean, yeah, Calvin Ridley got booted for the whole second half of the season when he got busted, right? So it's, uh, I don't know, man. It's going to get really, really wild, I think, at some point. I just don't understand how you got all that money and can't make any sense of anything. Play on words intended. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, Rajiv Seabrook riding with us here uh, on Nuanas Now. It is undoubtedly dumb to uh, be, d- just leave the locker room if you're going to bet on other sports. Leave the locker room. It's, it's also is just so interesting that they are being uh, so heavy-handed on it, but maybe that's for the best. We shall see. Uh, what do you got? Well, I'm, I already talked to you in between breaks, but this is going to be for Andrew to bring him okay. back, you know, to add a fourth wheel to this three-ring circus. Um, a couple of weeks ago, folks, we were right as the NBA Finals were coming out. Uh, Coulter asked me a great question. Would you take Reggie Miller or Jimmy Butler? Oh, yeah. And for the last couple of weeks, I have been, like, honestly gnawing at that. And then I'm doing head-to-head matchups, looking up stats, doing this, doing that. So I'm going to... Flip the question back to Coulter today and ask Andrew to please chime in. Um, if you had to right now take either player in their prime, would you take a Jimmy Butler or a Reggie Miller? I take Jimmy Butler. Man, Jimmy Butler was winning my case for me and us handedly through the conference finals. Jimmy Butler did not play particularly well in the NBA finals, but. That's his second NBA Finals as sort of the the alpha on his team, uh, which is one more than Reggie Miller ever had. Reggie Miller led the Pacers to the 2000 NBA Finals. So I don't know, Andrew. How much? Where where do we sit now that we sort of have a one more uh, season of evidence for Jimmy Butler? It's close. I love the question. I love the comparison. I think you're right that the Conference Finals and the NBA Finals hurt Jimmy Butler's take because I think. I'm still where I was in the middle of the playoffs because I think Jimmy Butler can just do more for you, right? He's a better defender. He's a better rebounder. He's actually by far a better playmaker than Reggie Miller was. Uh, So I think I would still take Jimmy Butler, but I think if you're coming at it from the other angle now and you want to say Reggie Miller, you can say, well, look, I know for a fact that Reggie Miller can be the focal point of your offense for four playoff series because he's done that. 
Jimmy Butler really felt, I mean, they, they sort of cobbled it together in that Boston Celtics series. For Caleb sure. Martin went off in that series. Max Struess had a couple good games in that series. Uh, Jimmy Butler played I- I- incredibly well. He carried the heat in the first round against the Bucks. He carried the heat even in the second round. He fell off a little bit in the conference finals and the finals, and I think if you're coming at it and you want to say, well, Reggie Miller can be your number one option for all four playoff series, no matter who you're playing against, even if he doesn't bring some of the other stuff to the table that Jimmy Butler does, I think you can make that argument. That being said, if I'm taking one of these guys and I'm building a team around them, I'm still taking Jimmy Butler. My man. That's and, and okay, folks. That's 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 a hat trick across. Here's some here's some numbers and some stats to back up why Jimmy Butler is in fact better than Reggie Miller. NBA seasons played eighteen to twelve in the favor of Reggie Miller. Sure. Pl- playoffs played Reggie Miller fifteen, Jimmy Butler eleven. All Star games played Jimmy Butler six, Reggie Miller five. Okay, All NBA teams Jimmy Butler five, Reggie Miller three. All defensive teams, Jimmy Butler, five. Reggie Miller, zero. Zero, Steals leader, Jimmy Butler, once. Reggie Miller, zero. Points per game, tied 18.2, which is crazy to think about. Rebounds per game, Jimmy Butler's got Reggie Miller by two. Assists per game, Jimmy Butler's got Reggie Miller by one and a half. Steals per game, Jimmy Butler. Blocks per game, Jimmy Butler. Total points, Reggie Miller's got him beat, but he also had a six-year-longer career, so it would be interesting to see that gap in between. Go ahead, Andrew. Rajim, let me ask you this. Yes, sir. Who has the most iconic moment? Does what is what Jimmy Butler did in the first round against the Bucks, especially that 50-point game, outweigh the Reggie Miller, what was it, nine points in eight seconds? You know, <laughs> and the reason Rajiv is down, you know, giving pauses because this happened in the Garden against the Knicks. Against my Knicks. See if I invite you to come play basketball with me and my son ever again, Spike, Andrew. You just close the door, son. Spike Lee. Iconic <laughs> moments. I'm. I'm going to say. It, it, it's it's got to be Reggie Miller versus think, Spike John so. Starks and the yeah. rest of New York. Absolutely, just because of the Reg, quick turnaround. Reggie Miller also is one of, if not the most annoying players in the history of the NBA. Oh yeah, and him telling you about how iconic his moments are is why it, the. The memory is accentuated, right? I know, and that's a lot coming from the second-best basketball player in his house. Because <laughs> Cheryl was twice the guy he was. That's, that's exa- twice the player, that that's, is. Sorry, that, folks. That's exactly right. Uh, it, it is an interesting debate. The thing that Reggie Miller's got going for him so much is he's so identifiable with the team that he played for. I mean, he's arguably one of, if not the greatest, Indiana Pacers of all time. He played for the Pacers for the duration of his career. Absolutely, He stayed home. He's also so iconic because of he was one of the first true great three-point shooters uh, that, you know, the other guys were kind of just role players like Steve Kerr and, you know, Del Curry and, and Mark Price and guys like that. I mean, Mark Price is a little bit better than a role player, but... I was going to say Mark Price but, was... He was well, nice. Well, Reggie Miller's a Hall of Famer, you know what I mean? Like, oh, no Miller, doubt. He's one of the first guys that was truly, like, shooting the three off the dribble and in transition, and, and you know, he, he would let it fly from anywhere. So all those things are in his favor, but I just think from a winning perspective, his impact in the playoffs, his ability to just change and dictate a game... Jimmy Butler doesn't back down to anybody. And so even if he's not a top 10 player, when he's going against another top 10 player, he thinks he is, and he can enforce that on the other guy. Yeah, I agree with that. But if you look across the board stat-wise, if, sure. if, if Reggie Miller got in on his stats alone, then Jimmy Butler should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Jimmy well. Butler's going to be a Hall of Famer. Oh, There's without no, a question. Yeah, Jimmy Butler's going to be a Hall of Famer. What a story. A junior college kid, you know, formerly was a homeless. Homeless, like beyond uh, homeless. You know, and then he, he gets his way to Marquette and he gets his way to the NBA, and now here he is playing some of his Ballin'. best basketball in his mid 30s. No one is now ESPN Radio. Let's go. SWX by Television and the ESPN MT app. More smart or dumb? Andrew has some questions for us. We have some Choo-choo. questions for each other. And we have some NFL buy sell coming at Ooh. you as well. <laughs> Keep it right here. Happy Friday, everybody. It's ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 